And this is something the industry actually can't recreate is when a song or an album just hits home for the exact season that someone's in it. A big, big, big welcome to the season premiere of season number three of Green Room Door, a podcast from UTR Media where we share conversations one-on-one with artists who are making some of the most meaningful music today so you can know the heart behind the music. I'm Dave Trout, and it is a pleasure. I'm excited to be back. Uh, We have a lot of fantastic interviews that we're looking forward to in this third season, Um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves because uh, today's show is fantastic. Now, we often bring you two interview guests on one show, kind of a part one, part two thing, but occasionally we go in depth with one artist, and that's what we're going to be doing on this show. Uh, We're going to be talking the whole time with fantastic Colorado-based singer-songwriter Joel Ansett. If you've already discovered the brilliance of Joel Ansett, count yourself as one of the lucky ones, one of the early discoverers. Um, But for some of you guys, he may be a new-to-you artist. That's okay. We want to introduce you to him. And the other reason why you might not have discovered him is Joel, frankly, as far as I can tell, doesn't do a lot of media interviews. And so we count this as a real privilege to be able to sit down with him for this extended time. Uh, We're really pumped. And before we dive into the conversation, I want to give you a taste of his music so you know what he sounds like. Um, This is a new track off of his uh, recently released sophomore album, A Place I Knew Before, which just came out in August 2019. Here's a sample of the song, Slow Down. Joel, I have been really looking forward to uh, this conversation. Excited uh, to hang out with you. Thanks for being here. Dave, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Joel was one of our um, performing artists at Escape to the Lake 2017. And that was actually the first time that we met in person. Um, And I don't know if you remember this, Joel, but I vividly remember uh, doing a session with you. We were on stage together and sparring a little bit because the topic was sort of the state of the music industry. And so streaming was a big topic. And I had a very strong anti-Spotify stance at the time. (laughs) And I've since relaxed that stance a little bit. But um, 
but I, yeah, yeah, that was a really interesting time. Yeah, man. So I do remember this, uh, this debate we had about Spotify when I was, when I was at escape to the lake for the first time, I think I was the only one on stage that was kind of into it at that point, man, I think I do. I definitely remember that session and I do, I do, I do still think it's a really good thing, but you, something you said during that session that really stuck with me is like Spotify is the right idea but there's definitely still a way to do it that it is more beneficial to songwriters and artists. Mm. So it, 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 it's, it's, it's just the eternal story of the music industry is something comes out that's, that's more artist friendly, that actually gives the independent artist maybe more equal footing and then you know the industry finds its way labels find their way to to take a lot of that money and i I don't know any (laughs) right i don't know as much about the details but i've just heard now labels are are getting more and more of a foothold in the spotify world Mm. the big playlists are are increasingly occupied by big label artists as opposed to independent artists now so it, it is changing somewhat but I mean, I go back and forth from 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 being bitter about how hard it is to just incredibly thankful that there's even a way for me to make any money from my music. Uh, I, I do just have a ton of gratitude that... So yeah, you do the numbers, of, I'm getting paid half a cent per stream. That could sound like a total bummer if you're used to you know selling physical CDs for $15. But then if you compare it to all the streaming that was happening illegally um, in the maybe late 90s into early 2000s, um, that was I was getting paid zero cents. Artists would be getting paid zero for the, all the illegal streaming that's happening. So now to say you're getting half, half a cent per stream anywhere in the world and you're actually net getting paid now for streaming, that's a win. Um, and Spotify is actually turning into something that for some independent artists can can create some stable monthly income. So I'm still a fan, man. But I really, I mean, I'm totally biased towards that because my songs at some point got stuck in their algorithm kind of early on. I put out an EP in 2012 when Spotify was kind of new and put it straight onto Spotify. And in that sense, I was fortunate because I got, that's where a lot of my fans first interacted with that album so now I'm in their little personal algorithm. They're getting kicked those songs every every couple of weeks. And I'm kind of stuck in that system. So I, I am a fan of it just for that reason, because the timing of when I put out an album worked well uh, for being for being a, a successful on that platform. Uh, still wish there was more success, too. There's there's bigger playlists. I'm trying to figure out how to get on. But yeah, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a crapshoot. Right. Which is which? That's confusing. It's that's never fun when artists collectively are, are saying, are kind of throwing their hands up and saying, "We don't, I don't really know how to land on these playlists." Right. That's that's unfortunate. Long answer. My bad. No, no, I love it. That's good stuff. Uh, so let's kind of take a a, a wide angle approach here. And uh, when did music, just music in general? sort of really start to impact 
your life as a child? Pretty early on, man. There was someone, there was a woman that lived on our block on South Pittsburgh Street in Spokane, Washington. Uh, her name was Shirley Grossman, and she had a program called Kinder Music. And I, I have vivid memories of walking five, five houses down uh, our street and, and going going to this kinder music thing and we would learn songs and play instruments you know play on the xylophone and the triangle and the recorder and and we, there would be recitals where you would have to sing like row 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 your boat <laughs> really, really? <laughs> I, I remember that that's a lot. great i and love then it i always remember we would listen to handel's messiah huh. a ton like in december every december we would listen to that that's a good early musical memory. Yeah. And then my mom loved The Temptations and the, and Fleetwood Mac and Nice. The Beach Boys. <laughs> uh, those are like early musical memories. And then in high school it got more into my sister would write poems. And so I would just try and dream up melodies to to match the poems. And then I did sing in choir in high school which was huge for me. I still don't really know music theory at all. Uh, very, very little, but my choir teacher kind of helped give me an ear for, I was a tenor, so like hearing harmonies, how melody and harmony can interact in, a, in an intriguing way. Um, that that was a big part of, of me learning, falling in love with music, uh, where some of, some of those choral pieces are just like so beautiful. Yeah, um, that's good. So yeah. Nice. Um... Uh, I wanted to know if you had any sort of pivotal experience that made you think of yourself as, you know, th that you would pursue music as a vocation, like just a concert you went to or something you read or something somebody said where it was like, yes, like, I think I want to, you know, pursue music as a career. Hmm. I can't think of a specific moment off the top of my head. I do think my story is much more gradual, very, very gradual. Until and honestly, until like a year and a half ago, I didn't have a moment where I kind of said, "I am going to be a songwriter for a living." Like a year and a half ago, launching the Kickstarter for this my latest album was kind of the the first moment where I felt like I was making a a head down commitment to it up to that point it was honestly more just the the right door opening at the right time that kind of said keep going keep going and those doors weren't even like f flung wide open it was kind of like i'm more walking down a hallway and i'm like i kind of gently put my hand on it like oh that's not closed that door isn't closed and i would kind of peek in and be like oh this this is this could this could work for the next season and so it could just kind of been gradually walking through doors and then as of you know a year and a half ago kind of had a sit down with my wife just the stage of life we're at with two kids now um finances being a little tighter lifestyle being a little more complicated with with kiddos in the picture kind of had to sit down and ask okay what what are is this working what are we doing and that's kind of when we both together made a commitment to um it was through through a lot of conversations and prayer as well made a commitment to to kind of put both feet into the into the music career 
and that's that's what started this album happening really I see right through when you're blowing that smoke make me feel high but you're stunting my growth telling me to hang my head on some new promise I don't wanna live like that can we be honest Mm-mm-mm-mm. give it to me straight now let me feel the burn of the truth you're feeding me the same lines like I'll never Love it. That's a clip from the song Sugar Coat, brand new from Joel Ansett. Uh, his new album is called A Place I Knew Before. You can find it on all music platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, wherever you get music, iTunes, it's there. Um, and highly encourage you to check it out. And we have a lot more conversation with Joel coming up. But first, I want to let you know about a special event that we have happening real soon. In fact, it's Wednesday, October 9th. Uh, we are going to be having a special housewarming party, uh, UTR style, in our backyard just south of Nashville, Tennessee, in Murfreesboro. If you are within a driving distance, we want you to be there. It is a free event. It's going to be a fun hang time. We'll have snacks, drinks, and live music from Randall Goodgame, Teresa Mahoney, Matthew Clark, and Shelly Moore. Uh, It's going to be so fun. You can get all the details, and you can sign up for an RSVP form at our website, utrmedia.org. Well, coming up, we're going to be talking with Joel Ansett about the making of his new album and even how this experience differed from the making of his first album. That's on the way on Green Room Door. This UTR podcast is sponsored by the latest release from Washington State's very own civilized creature. The Way Back Home by Civilized Creature is a new full-length indie electro pop release through Relevation Records and Renew the Arts. You can find The Way Back Home by Civilized Creature on Spotify, iTunes, and all music platforms. Hey, this is Dave Trout, and my family, along with UTR Media Headquarters, just recently relocated to the Nashville area over a month ago. When we were getting our Illinois house ready to put on the market, we had to deal with deferred Deferred maintenance. maintenance. Yes, we've all been there. These are simple repairs that you choose to ignore, like the light fixture that broke, the sink that doesn't drain properly, the wobbly door handle. 
They are simple, small repairs that you ignore to save money at the time. But in the end, we had to pay a pretty penny just to address these basic maintenance issues and put our house up for sale. In the same way, this move to Tennessee is allowing us to address some technology maintenance issues with UTR Media. We could use your help right now to set up a brand new UTR podcast studio in Middle Tennessee. We have a GoFundMe campaign set up right now where you can contribute, and we have special rewards for your participation. But get involved right away because this short campaign expires on October 16th. Help us to continue to provide podcasts, videos, playlists, and articles for years to come. Look for a link in the show notes or go direct to GoFundMe.com slash UTR Studio. Welcome back to Green Room Door. Our special guest today is Denver-based singer-songwriter Joel Ansett. And uh, he just released his sophomore full-length album. And so, Joel, tell me, how did the making of this album differ from the making of your first album uh it was this album the second full-length album was different in that i kind of i wanted to do something either in la nashville or new york and just put myself more in those circles of where a lot of music is happening start to build that network so it was less built on like the personal connections that i had and more trying to put myself out there and, and, and try and start building those those relationships in in music towns. Um, nothing against, like, I mean, people make beautiful records in, just in their basements. It's, it's amazing. But I was feeling the need to, to, to help myself grow as an artist. I kind of wanted to throw myself into the deep end and just go in a place where I would feel like a like a very small fish, like a minnow. Mm. <laughs> um, and that, that yeah. kind of, that kind of is what kickstarted, uh, me going to LA to make this record is just wanting to put myself in a, in a big pond, in mm. a, in an ocean. Nice. Um, so now, now that you have the completed album, I'm, I'm wondering, um, if you had sort of some overarching themes in mind as you were, putting this together or maybe you found themes that kind of thread its way through the album. What are your thoughts? Oh man. Favorite question. <laughs> oh, all right. It's all about themes, man. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> the album starts in a park in, in Spokane, Washington. All right. Uh, in a garden and the album ends at a park in Denver, Colorado mm. near where I live now in a garden there. Wow. Um, so it's 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 garden to garden. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, it's a grieving album for sure. It's grieving the brokenness I see in myself and in the world, broken relationships that is, I've gone into a season of life where you just the brokenness of of I don't know. As a kid, you're kind of shielded from a lot of the mess that's happening in the world, even in your own personal community um and you know now i'm a little older and i see a lot more of the mess and so i was grieving a lot of that um that i was seeing in myself and in in the world around me 
uh, I think the most comp, the most I love like typing in all the lyrics to in the whole album and then figuring out what the most used word was and what what themes were there accidentally. The most used word in this album was fear or afraid or like scared. That word comes up in almost every song. And then this and that once I noticed that, that's what actually helped me write the very last song, Dwelling Place, because I wanted I wanted to bookend the album with in terms of a good theme. So it goes from homesick to dwelling place. But the, the, there's a, there's a lyric in the chorus of dwelling place that's do not be afraid. And that 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 lyric came from me actually looking at the lyrics from the rest of the album and noticing, wow, like I was I have been afraid for <laughs> like a whole year. <laughs> this has been a year of fear. Um, and that helped me write the very last song, actually. Nice. Well, let's talk about the music of the album, which it covers such a wide variety of uh, territory, like elements of soul and urban and pop and folk and R&B. And uh, how do you kind of blend all those sounds together to create your own thing? Is that based on some of your musical influences? Fun question. It's it's actually it's not from the influences. I have very little musical influence. Actually, I, I'm not like a music head. I don't even listen to a ton of music. Um, and I didn't like the, the 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 songs I was exposed to growing up. It wasn't a huge well. The way I can answer that question though is that I am. I really feel. I look at myself as much more of a songwriter, just straight up songwriter, and I love the power of of what a song can do in a room in in making either a stranger feel very known or in when a song can match up with the the day someone had or the week someone had or just the story their own story when a song or an album can match with with what a person is going through and and, and kind of destroy lies of loneliness i love the power of a song and music to do that and I am so much more obsessed with with the song and the power that 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 music has that I just I don't care as much about the genre is kind of how I would answer this question. I'm up for anything with genre because what I'm thinking about more is the song and the and the impact it could have uh, just beyond the style of the, the music. So that's why it kind of can feel all over the place which can turn into a weakness because it, it is a good thing to kind of develop a consistent sound and brand. But I'm, I'm honestly not thinking about that as much about what is the style of this as I'm thinking about what the song um, could mean to someone. Right. Yeah. And I, I love that. I love how much intentionality you have in your music. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, so speaking of songs, uh, one song that I find really compelling, um, mainly because I, I don't even necessarily know um, what the story is. So uh, it's the song It Hurts Me. I was wondering if you can maybe just share uh, a little bit about the inspiration behind that song. Yeah, It Hurts Me. Uh, I noticed a connection between there being like a little, there's a discomfort in I was remembering my wife and I's relationship early on and where I was I was f- falling in love with her and it it hurt that I didn't know more about her you know like there's this kind of craving to know all of the 
all of the details of her life and who she was and where she came from. And there was like a, there's a pain in that that was a good sort of pain. It was like a longing to know someone more. And then I noticed a connection between that and the, now that we've been married six years, um, it's there's, so there's a, the good hurt of that pursuit of our relationship and, and us getting to know each other. That was a good hurt. And then there's a bad hurt that can exist six years into the marriage. And this is what verse two is about. So verse one is the good hurt. Verse two is the bad hurt of uh, me thinking I know her so well that because we've been, you know, we've we've been married for six years of course i know her but realizing like the depth of like a human being is endlessly interesting and 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 beautiful and and worth continuing to think of good questions to ask or or or, and even more than that like we're changing like we have both changed so much as people over the last six years we've changed a ton and I, I started to, you know, fall into the rut of thinking like I know who Molly is, as opposed to saying I maybe I maybe you still don't. Don't assume you know. Like, don't assume you've 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 seen all the ways she's changed. Like, we gotta keep getting to know each other, um, you know, daily, weekly. Um, and that that that's where the song came from was just this notice of this similar pain that I was experiencing, but one was a, a good thing that led to pursuit. And one was a bad thing that that had led to me, like, not really pursuing. find that song on the new album by joel ansett it's called a place i knew before you can find it on all music platforms um it is definitely uh one of the best albums i heard all year long um so hope you'll check it out uh we're not done with our conversation with joel in fact um, one of the unique things about his music is it blends a lot of different genres and styles. You can kind of pick up tastes of that through the clips that we've played here on this show. Um, and I want to ask him about these styles that he dances around in. Um, also, uh, we're going to be playing a full-length song of one of uh, Joel's new songs that he just released at the tail end of this podcast episode so you'll want to stay till the very end for sure 
Um, now, if you are looking for some more gourmet music to fill your life with, <laughs> we, we are happy to provide that for you. In fact, just this week, we released a new uh, update to our special menu playlist, which you can find on Spotify or at our website. Um, and it is all on the theme of prayers. And this isn't songs about praying or about the virtue of prayer, but these are actual prayer songs themselves, thematically and musically, a very eclectic, diverse um, array of music that I think will just burrow its way into your soul. You'll hear um, selections from Mavis Staples, King's Kaleidoscope, Mission House, Ben Rector, Mike Ferris, Madison Cunningham, Eric Peters, The Brilliance, Rich Mullins, CeCe Winans, John Foreman, and over 30 other artists. Uh, it's, it's a really fantastic um, playlist to just uh, maybe give you some words to some inner prayers that you have. So I encourage you to check that out again at Spotify or at utrmedia.org. All right, don't go anywhere. More with Joel Anset coming up after this short break. This UTR podcast is sponsored by Debut Album from singer-songwriter Matt Case. And if you need me, you find me right if You Need Me by Matt Case features seven songs of honesty, authenticity, and spiritual depth. You can find the new album If You Need Me by Matt Case right now on Spotify and all major music platforms. And look for UTR's interview with Matt at utrmedia.org. Right now, UTR is giving you a chance to win the entire Slugs and Bugs discography. Get up, get up, take up your Including the classic lullaby debut album, Underwear, and all four of the Sing the Bible series. A new command I give you. Love one another. As I have loved you, you must. Plus, we're doubling your chance to win because we'll draw two grand prize winners. This is great for your own family or maybe as a gift for your relative. It only takes 30 seconds to enter. Just look for the contest link at utrmedia.org. Welcome back to the Season 3 premiere of Green Room Door. Our VIP guest for the whole show is Denver-based singer-songwriter Joel Ansett. And uh, his new project is called A Place I Knew Before. And Joel, I want to know... Um, as somebody experiences this music, whether it be listening to, um, you know, the record on Spotify or or iTunes or or experiencing the music live, what what do you hope the listener walks away with? Uh, awesome question. Yeah. Oh man, what do I hope? A lot of things, but that here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. That's why I think music. This question makes me realize more what I love about music is each listener can walk away with something so different based on where they are at in their own story. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, 
I don't really know how to answer it because I just think I tried to tell a, a, a part of my story in a season that I've been through. I tried to tell my story as 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 deeply and honestly as I could with this album. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives it a chance to speak deeply into another person's life. But part of what I love is that, and this is something the industry actually can't recreate, is when a song or an album just hits home for the exact season that someone's in. And in that sense, I do think music becomes a gift from God that no one else could orchestrate that sort of deep connection that you could have with a song or an album. It's just the the right song at the right time for a person. Uh, and you can't manufacture that. You just can't. You can kind of close, you can get close to maybe manufacturing it on a, on a wide scale, but it's really a magic moment that's supposed to happen where the song is the perfect gift for the listener because of what they're going through. And so I, I don't necessarily have hopes beyond that, 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 and, and I don't care how many people it is, but that, that this, this album finds some people in the, in the season where, where this album is really going to encourage them or make them feel less alone or destroy some lies that have been in their head that give them some, remind them of some eternal truths to, to walk with. Mm. That's beautiful. I love that answer. Yeah. Great question. Thanks. <laughs> and, uh, I, in fact, I just have one more question for you. And, um, you know, now, now that you've really, really spent many, many months, you know, pouring yourself into the, the songwriting, the crafting, the creating, the mixing, the editing, you know, you put a lot into an album release. So, so now that it's, you're on the other side of that, I guess the question is what's next? Do you focus on touring or do you just sort of shift gears into a different project or yeah, just what's on the horizon for you? What is next? So what's been fun about this album is I really, I remember vividly after I put out the last album being so burnt out uh, because I was, I mean, I was learning so much about, about the business side of things. Um, making that album was exhausting and this album I feel so different after finishing it I like wanted to make another one just because I thought this is this is the best thing I've made and I thought and I know I can I've grown so much through making it I want to make another one um and part of part of part of this isn't necessarily on topic but part of what happened for this album was I learned like you change as an artist even through you're a different person from even just one song. When you start recording the song to the end of the song, you're a different person. And what, what can happen to me a lot of times is I'm a different person and then I, I try and project that back onto the song and say, ah, I think this should be different now. You project it back. That's part of why I was so burnt out after that first album is because I had grown and changed a lot and I wanted that growth to be reflected in all the work I had just done in the past. And that that leads to a lot of strife and stress and and as opposed to just letting a project be what it is and and project you know project how you've changed onto the next project and say i'm a different person now let me put that into whatever i write next as opposed to wishing what you just did was different um so so a long way to say what's next is you know, a lot of touring. I'll be doing house show tours because I want to share these songs live, but absolutely just going to be diving back into the studio 
and and starting rec- starting to record <laughs> more songs, new songs, uh, co-writing a lot more, starting to dive into that world of just planning some trips to Nashville and, and learning learning what it means to write songs like as a day job as opposed to just me locking myself in a room and, and thinking too hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but learning right. how to take myself a little <laughs> less seriously and try and just kick out songs and see see how that can help me grow. Mm. Um those aren't specific plans necessarily. No, it's good. Doing, it's good. I love it. The plans are lots of house shows uh, to end the year and into 2020 and then new music coming fairly soon. Ah, yes, that was so refreshing. I love the thoughtfulness and how articulate Joel and Seth is. Um, and I hope you enjoyed the conversation as well. And uh, if you want to dig into a little bit more about him and his music and his approach and also his tour schedule, you can find that at his website, which is simply his name, joelansett.com. And um, the last name is spelled A-N-S-E-T-T. And uh, also, don't forget to not only, of course, check out his new album, which we talked about extensively, A Place I Knew Before. It's available everywhere. Um, But don't uh, pass by his debut full-length album, The Nature of Us. It came out in 2015, and it is just A+. So good. I've been enjoying it for years, and um, it's, it's worth looking at both of those albums. And if you want to get to know Joel, even maybe the quirky side of a few things, we asked him 28 rapid-fire questions that we put on our website. So head over to utrmedia.org, and uh, I think it's under the news section. You can find 28 rapid-fire questions with Joel and Seth that we didn't talk about on this podcast. Uh, And also, don't go anywhere, because once we say goodbye, um, we'll be playing uh, the full song that uh, he talked about earlier in this interview called Dwelling Place, It's the closing track of A Place I Knew Before. Um, We're going to listen to that full song um, right after we um, sign out. Uh, Don't forget to check out our website for um, all the things that are happening in the world of gourmet music. And maybe most importantly, if you feel like helping and supporting our setting up of a new podcast studio in Tennessee, uh, we could definitely use your help at this time. We have a GoFundMe page. You can find the info at our website, or you could find a link in the show notes, or you could go direct to gofundme.com slash utrstudio. That would be super helpful. Uh, thank you so much for spending time with us on this Season 3 debut uh, premiere episode, I should say. We have a lot of exciting guests lined up for the next few months that we'll be digging into soon. I'm Dave Trout, and Green Room Door is a production of UTR Media an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and online at utrmedia.org.
Father 